you're listening to Prep Period, the only podcast for teachers that's focused on quick wins and actionable tips that can be implemented in your classroom tomorrow. Prep Period starts in three, two, one. Welcome to the Prep Period Podcast. My name is Brian Bean. I'm your host. And in today's episode, we're going to discuss how to use YouTube Live to increase student engagement. And as our guest would say, to meet students where they are. Uh, We're also going to talk about some of the advantages that YouTube Live offers to other platforms like Google Meet or Zoom. Our guest today is going to be Robert Oliver from Central Coast New Tech High. So welcome, Robert. Uh, now, before we dive in, first things first, let's kind of let uh, let's let our listeners become a little bit more familiar with you. So, uh, Robert Oliver teaches career technical education design, um, as well as media and visual arts at Central Coast New Tech High School, right there, as the name entails, right on the central coast of California. Uh, this is his tenth year in the classroom. After spending the beginning of his career as a sports photographer, then a photojournalist, and a commercial photographer for magazines and various commercial clients. Okay, so if any of you are interested, his photo work, you can actually go and see that at his website, www.robertoliverphoto.com. So, with that, I would anticipate that this is going to be a pretty tech heavy conversation with some really cool multimedia things that we can talk about. So right off the bat, we talked about it in the intro about YouTube Live. I am not familiar. So for the listeners that are not familiar, what is YouTube Live? So YouTube Live is just the ability to record straight broadcasting to YouTube. Um, We're a Google school, so we have access to all of the Google suite, which includes YouTube. So I could just push a button. a button and type a couple words and then be broadcasting live to YouTube instantly. So. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Now you mentioned Google. So why not Google meet or even zoom? Why, why YouTube live? What's the advantage? It's kind of funny. Um, so early on this year, I was doing a lecture and I was doing a Photoshop demonstration and some of the kids are like, Mr. Oliver, we can't see what's going on. To the best of my knowledge, Google is actually like Kind of compressing your video the more students you have in there so as bandwidth increases they're kind of compressing video mm. so the kids couldn't see that i was actually pulling down the file menu so and just kind of a heat of the moment panic you know i was like well, let's try youtube live so i gave the kids a link to youtube live which i had just been experimenting with and that worked out way better for them they were able to just kind of jump over to youtube live watch me there um it had the really cool benefit of saving my recorded lesson to youtube afterwards so the kids could go back and revisit at any oh, time cool they could see it in full high resolution. Um, it just it was a much better experience. So, and I think it kind of met the kids with where they're at anyway. They, you know, ask a kid, you know, how to do something and they, they need to figure it out. They'll go to YouTube, look for a video and watch it. So it kind of worked in their style of learning as well, I think. Oh, that's awesome. And you just, uh, I'm assuming you very simply just Google YouTube live and you can go from there. And the accounts, are yeah. they free to set up? You know, I don't know the answer to that as far as like, if you don't have, if you're not a Google school, um, if you just go to youtube.com, there's a little button up top and I could kind of punch over to that real quick. So for those of us that are gonna watch on video, um, there's a button up here in the right-hand corner that just go ahead and add video. So just hit the create button and then go live. Okay. And so from there, those, so- uh, let me just kind of narrate this for those of you who are just listening and not watching this podcast as a video uh, on YouTube's homepage, there's just a little icon on the top for 
for uploading and then it drops down a little menu where you can click YouTube live. Um, all right. Well, fantastic. So I, I'm assuming that you would use these for a lot of kind of project based learning strategies. So I'm wondering, can you share some examples of projects that you've done with these specific tools in your class? Yeah. So, um, I teach a, so I, I teach a couple different genres of, of art as we go through this class. So we start off with graphic design, usually move to photography and then filmmaking is my third one. So my filmmaking class this year, um, that was a kind of a scary class to teach, you know, how do you teach filmmaking over so, you know, distance learning and the kids don't have the same equipment. They don't have the same video editing. Yeah. Some kids are on Chromebooks, some are on Mac, some are on PCs. It was just kind of a, a headache. So my favorite video lesson I do is I have the kids make a music video on a social issue topic. So they could pick any social issue they want. Um, so we set up lessons on how to do filmmaking. This was our, we started with a project that was basically where I had the kids create a short film using still photographs. That was our first one. And that kind of set us up for the like music. Like a slideshow. Like a slideshow to, to music. music. Oh, I love it. Uh, and they could add in their own audio and stuff. So that, that was the setup for it. So yeah, I pretty much gave the kids, it's like, okay, we need to make a music video. You could pick the song, you could pick the social issue. It's gotta be school appropriate, of course. Um, so yeah, I would just set up lessons on just simple filmmaking things, how to move the camera, um, why, you know, camera angles, shot types and all those things. So I would record those lessons for them live and then they could go back and revisit them as they needed. And then they put together their videos and got some incredible work. So I'm gonna be posting a couple of those to my YouTube I, channel. I can just soon. imagine that I, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about it and I'm like, what a perfect activity for the 2020 yeah. school year, right? Yeah. With all the different things going on in the country where I'm sure students aren't, they're not naive, they're not dumb, they know what's yeah. going on and they have emotions. And so yeah. to give them an outlet like that, that I think is fantastic. Uh, can you think of an example of one that really stood out to you? Like, man, this student, this guy, this girl, they just nailed it. I loved it. Yeah, I had a couple that I was really, really proud of. Um, most of them based around, believe it or not, social isolation. So Social isolation. Social isolation. I wonder where uh, they got the inspiration for that topic. Yeah, right. Looking out their right. window. Um, so I had some really powerful videos on just kids being locked in a room alone. That was a pretty, pretty repeating theme. So... Um, yeah, Michaela and Jacob did a, a video that's just incredible. Uh, my student Mandy had one, um, just super powerful. Um, even had a student that was really having, like, I would say, going through a really bad mental breakdown. Um, couldn't complete the assignment, just hated it. Um, was able to see some of the other examples and was like totally inspired. It just came through with the most beautiful video, just about about seeking happiness and not giving up. Um, and it was really cool. So it was really cool to see these videos like grow on them and stuff. And, and it was a tool. I mean, like with project-based learning, the idea is I don't really teach you everything you need to know. I give you the basic skills, but you're going to have to go out there and figure it out on your own. That's yeah. kind of what we do here at New Tech. Um, and I love that. So I give the kids freedom to go. I had some kids animate their videos. I had some kids decide to do film. Um, kind of, you know, but they had to kind of figure out some of the stuff on their own. And it was, it was super powerful. Man, yeah, I don't suppose that we're going to go a little off script here, a little yeah. bit on the podcast notes that I've got here, but I'm dying to know, is there anywhere we could go to see examples of some of those videos? Like I, you, you described that one young man's entry and I, I want to just go see it. 
Yeah, um, I will post them to my YouTube channel. So, and before the end of the day, I'll have them up there so that like people could go check them out. Yeah. Um, there's, I know, I, I don't think I've updated in the last couple weeks. We, this project just wrapped up last week. So I haven't finished updating them, but I do have permission to share the video. So they will be going up on my YouTube channel. So and, that's awesome. and so on YouTube, we just do a search for Robert Oliver. Um, yeah, so I'll send you a link for it. So if you want to put, post the link in there for viewers. That yeah, would be, that'd be great. Throw that and I'll put it in the afterthought. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Man, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I love the this concept uh, of kind of just, and, and it's the beauty of project-based learning. I did a lot of that when I was in the classroom teaching personal finance. My entire teaching model is built on project-based learning. Uh, and the whole idea is I'm not going to hold your hand through this entire process. Yeah. In fact, I don't really care how you get from A to B. I only care that you get from A to B. So yeah. I'm going to point you in the right direction. I'm going to kind of show you where you're at on the map and where your goal is. And then go get creative. And, yeah. And I love that. I think that's – I think, and some classes are more prone to that kind of approach than others. Um, yeah. And so I think it's awesome that you're taking advantage of it. Now, how could somebody utilize this, particularly like YouTube Live, beyond just a replacement tool for Zoom? How could you use this to enhance your distance learning environment? Well, I think the biggest thing is it allows kids to revisit your lessons whenever they want to. So my whole idea through this is we're a college prep school. And what's more college prep than having kids learn how to build their own schedule and work as needed. I mean, like, so if you go to college, you're going to go to class on Monday and Wednesday, and you might have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to complete your project. How you manage your time is up to you. I don't really care. Um, I don't micromanage my kids in that regard. It's like, I'll do my lesson. They could go off into asynchronous learning. And if they do it at two o'clock in the morning or that hour, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. It's just kind of how they schedule their own time. So it's kind of a good, I think, college prep thing for it. So I think the biggest thing is it just allows me to record my lessons. Now, if you've ever recorded a Google Meet before, you can have some really uncomfortable moments as the camera switches back and forth to whoever's making noise. So yeah. there's a couple of videos where I was recording and all of a sudden someone sneezed and all of a sudden the camera pops over to their room and you got to, you know, you have a, a student laying in their bed. Not something I want to broadcast <laughs> and put out for the world to see. Yeah. So the YouTube live streaming, I'm able to like just throw in exactly what I want, you know, my camera only. They're never, it's never going to switch over to the kids in their oh, rooms. Okay. So. So you got a little bit more user-friendly controls in that regard. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like YouTube Live was built a little bit more with this kind of thing in mind. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but it certainly seems like it was built a little bit more. Uh, and I'm guessing that a lot of teachers out there are unfamiliar with YouTube Live. Yeah. Uh, I think Zoom, I tell you what, if I could go back eight months from now and invest in Zoom, that's where every one of my dollars, well, right. other than Tesla, that's where all my money yeah. is going is in Zoom. Right. Uh, so for those who are unfamiliar, what would you suggest? Uh, first steps, how do they get started? What would you suggest would be a good strategy to start implementing tools like this? I mean, they've really made it really user friendly. So it was pretty, I mean, like literally it's like the idea kind of popped in my head in the middle of a class while the lecture was completely failing. I mean, like literally like it was my first Photoshop lesson of the year and the kids couldn't even see what I was doing. And I was able to get in seamlessly with a couple pauses and ums, uh, you know, the little panic stutters yeah. <laughs> we get when you, when you get when lessons go bad. If, if you've ever been in the classroom, which you have, lessons go bad and how do you fix them as you're going? Um, yeah, I was able to figure it out, get it up there. The kids were able to all get on there really quick and easy. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was just, it was pretty intuitive. Gotcha. So they pretty much just kind of, yeah. we just got done talking about how we don't want to hold our, hold the hands of the students, but it sounds like that YouTube live pretty much holds your hand through the process and you get to. Yeah, it was, work it was pretty okay. simple. Um, so I would imagine then if teachers are out there listening there and they're not feeling like they're very tech savvy, that it's pretty simple to get set up online, etc. Uh, I yeah. want to kind of double back then a little bit and let's talk a little bit more about some of the different kinds of projects that you can do um, and how to pull those off from a distance learning standpoint and, and help student engagement. Yeah. You know, uh, I love the one story about the one student who was able to kind of make that emotional connection. Um, can you give us some other examples of different projects that you've done? Yeah, so my class is really focused on, I really want to create community involvement with my kids. So I work with nonprofits as much as I can around the area and have my kids create design for them or video um, posters. So this year, one of our big events here on the Central Coast is the Still Frothy Surf Festival, which is a nonprofit charity that gives money to, com to young competitive surfers and helps them finance and their training and, and travel. So my kids will design promotional materials for that. The event got canceled this year because of COVID, um, but they did a video contest. So my kids were able to create Instagram posters for that. And so the, the organization was able to choose their favorite student work. Um, my kids presented their work to the organizers and then they, were, they picked their favorite ones, posted on their Instagram account. Um, and so I really try to keep that, that going as far as that goes. We had a school production of War of the Worlds. And so they came to me as, and we're basically a graphic design you know, company. Yeah, so they gave, us, they gave us a design brief, told us what they needed. And then the kids all put in their designs and then the, the, the production chose their favorite design for it. So uh, I really, my, my whole goal is to have no busy work in my class so that yeah. everything is useful and design and relevant to the, to the students. Um, not everything is my, my students by general don't really like surfing as much as I do. So, <laughs> um, but we kind of discussed that as like, well, when you're a graphic designer, you don't really care what the topic is. Your love is design. Yeah. So, and you're trying to like meet your skills, make your skills match what your client wants, which is one of the hardest things is to you know, as a graphic designer, learning how to create artwork for somebody else, you know, creating work for yourself is easy. Um, when you have to like design something that somebody else is expecting, that's the challenge. And so I give my kids that experience quite a bit so they could, you know, get real, real client feedback. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it, and it, it just reinforces that not everything you learn in school is only for school. You know, I think yeah. that sometimes is, is the, the kryptonite for a lot of classes where kids are like, when am I ever going to use this? Yeah. Well, well that's and one I, of the beauties of a project-based learning approach like yeah. that, where you can kind of almost farm out your workforce to other, yeah. to other subject matters and, and different groups within the school and get them involved. It shows them that real-world application, hands-on type thing. I mean, I preach all the time. This is like parents will probably like to hear this. I preach to my kids all the time, do not become a photographer or graphic designer. It's the worst career choice you could make right now. Um, but if that's what you're called to do, if that's what your passion is, this is how you're gonna do it. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things that, how, how do I, you know, just say this is like, there's a right way to do it. Well, so. sure, sure, certainly. Well, thank you very much for your time. I sure appreciate you joining us for the podcast. I've loved learning about kind of some of the things that you're doing in your classroom. Uh, you've certainly introduced me to a new tool that I'm not familiar with. And I think that our listeners are going to gain a lot from this experience. And I urge them all, go out and check out YouTube Live, compare it to your experience with some of your other resources. And hopefully, let's see if it can't make your life a little bit easier. So thank you very much for sharing I that. I think it will, of course.
What a great episode. Uh, so for my final thoughts today, um, first I just want to kind of point out Robert had referenced a YouTube channel where you could look and see some of his students' videos and other things. Um, if you go to YouTube and then just do a search there for Robert Oliver Photography, uh, his will be the first one pops up. He's got a it's kind of a scruffy long beard. Looks kind of like a he's wearing glasses and a, and a beanie hat. Looks like a cold surfer guy. Uh, not to be confused with the fitness instructor that will show up, also named Robert Oliver, right below that. Uh, so go and check out his his YouTube channel to watch some of the videos that his students have produced. Um, as I was listening to the conversation and listening to his feedback, and and one of the concepts that really stood out in my mind was this was this idea of kind of giving the students the, the basic necessities, pointing them in the right direction, giving them the critical information that they need, but then letting them kind of choose their path and go from there. And it actually reminded me a lot of, of this book. For those of you watching the video, it's right there. For those of you listening, it's called Switch, How to Change Things When Change is Hard. Uh, it's a great book. And just like the title says, it's all about how to navigate change. Um, and how to instigate uh, different changes, either in an organization or your personal life. Um, but one of the things in there that really stood out to me, one of the concepts that the, the book pounds home is this idea of scripting the critical choices and how it really empowers and enables decisions to be made. And so when you're giving your students kind of a project that they're working on, um, it's important to not try to plan out and map out everything for them. I know a lot of us as teachers, that's our go-to strategy. We wanna make sure these instructions are as thorough as possible or you never know what you're gonna get. Uh, instead, try this as a technique. Instead, just script the critical choices and let your students' creativity fill in the blanks. I love that concept. It looks like that's worked really well for Robert. Um, so with that, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, if you know anyone who'd be interested in coming onto our podcast, have them reach out to me. My email address is brian.bean at stewkent.com. Uh, thanks always for tuning in. Thanks for staying awake. Stay healthy. Love y'all.